right now at the edge of the galaxy in a solar system known as the solar system on a planet called Earth in a town called Highland Park. A podcast is about to be recorded, hosted by the almost unpronounceable name, Piot Michael. This week he's got a special guest. You may know him, or you may not know him, but you probably know his videos. Please put your ears closer to your headsets and get ready for The Mixed Nut Show. Welcome to another episode of the Mixed Nut Show. I'm here with a good buddy of mine, Mr. Dustin McLean. Hi. How's it going, man? It's going pretty good. How's it going? Um, I, I'm, I'm recovering from a cold, so I sound sexy right now. Uh, you always sound sexy, my Hey, friend. man, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I always sound sexy, but, you know, now I am like auto-sexy. Oh, 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 that's a new word I made. Yes. Auto-sexy. That's how sexy your voice That's is. That's how sexy. It I can make up words. Vocabulary. I can make up words, and I, I still I still be sexy. There's no no word for how unsexy my voice is. There is, uh, <laughs> there is, but I'm not going to say hi, uh, it. Hi, welcome to this <laughs> well, is the behind the scenes. I was watching back and like, why do I sound like a little kid? Yeah, let's introduce you a little bit. Um, so Dustin McLean is yeah. a filmmaker. You know him from Dust Films, but uh, he's most well-known uh, on YouTube and the internet creating homemade movies, which are reconstructions of trailers or, or um, uh, iconic scenes done in a homemade format using... Literally things around your house, cardboard, tape, um, pieces of cotton, things like that. So um, that's correct. But it's but it but it's done well. Oh, thank and you. It, and it's done really well. And right now, it, people are, you know, you've done something well when other people mimic you. You know, you've become <laughs> your own meme. But you started that before. You did. Um, you did a literal video, right? Yes. When was uh, that? Long before homemade movies. Um, I inadvertently um, was involved in starting a meme. It was the literal videos. Um, I always tend to gravitate towards like parodies and recreations. It seems like that's sort of my been my thing. I guess um, maybe I, I can't come up with anything original at all. <gasps> I just had a realization. No, uh, but yeah. So the literal videos were interesting. That was um, that was taking a music video and then replacing the lyrics, just doing a straight parody of the song, but. The lyrics commented on the video what was happening in it, very literally. Yeah. And um, just kind of in a dry, straightforward way. And to me, that was very funny. And I didn't even, we didn't know if that was going to be even a thing. Actually, um, one of the people who who kind of helped me uh, come up with that idea and encouraged me to record one and put it on YouTube was um, Jonah Ray, who now has a show on Comedy Central. Yeah, He's yeah. awesome. I um, used to work with him. He's a good friend. Um, so he was one of the early people that helped push that. It was like, you got to write this. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I'm not like the joke guy. Like I wrote the first draft of the first one and I gave it to him. I'm like, 
I kind of laid the groundwork, and you you punch it up. You add the jokes. And he gave it back to me. He was like, this is perfect. This is funny. I wouldn't change a thing. I'm like, all right, you say so. And so that went online and, and ended up being like a huge hit. Just yeah, straight up I, saying I the lyrics, literally. I remember seeing the video now that it was, uh, it was a parody of the AHA band song Take On Me, mm-hmm. which is the famous video where uh, the character, a female character is at a diner and she's drawn in, like she literally, she's pulled in <laughs> into yeah. a comic strip. By a drawing. By a drawing. And he s- starts serenading her and then they, they run away from some uh, fantasy characters within the comic and it's and it's a rotoscoped animation and it looks great but uh, I remember seeing the video because I was a fan of AHA I mm-hmm. think I was going through a phase as we all do mm-hmm. and I had that AHA moment uh, ah yeah uh, Jeff Goldblum um, I keep going in and out of Jeff Goldblum and I'm sure people are tired of it but my mom uh, <laughs> she recently said she's like, I was listening to your podcast and um, you don't do enough voices I'm like I think I do enough thank you mom um, I agree with your mom. Yeah. I love the voices. Okay, I man. All right, then we we bring back DJ Smooth. How about <laughs> not that? that one. Not okay, that one. Okay, okay. Um, and no, I saw the literal video, and I was laughing so hard because I was a fan of the band, and um, I had no idea it was you. And then I think um, maybe four years later, when I finally met you, you invited me on to one of your homemade movies. And um, after I recorded, I was like, oh, I should look up to see if he's a pedophile. And you weren't, thank God. But, you know, you got you to check this up. And then I look, and I'm like, wait, wait a, minute. a minute. Why does he have this video on his webpage? And it says under it, I made this. I'm like, this is bullshit. That can't be him. And it was <laughs> you. And I was so excited. And so I've been a fan of you before I knew you. So nice. is that weird? No, but thank you for joining on Home and Movies without even knowing if I was good at anything. Yeah. So that was a good leap of faith on your part. I think something that we've all learned from doing YouTube is that when you make a movie, I'm sorry, not a movie, a, a video, you really have to put your face on it because people will never credit you. Mm-hmm. Ever, like especially now with like social media stuff, like BuzzFeed, we're like check out what this guy we don't know who he is does, and it's really good. And then people watch it, mm-hmm. or they they steal your content and post it somewhere else, and you never get the credit that you deserve. And that's yeah. kind of sad, especially since you literally, literally started a meme called Literal Videos, and now yeah. everybody does it. Even like uh, you know parody songs that. Uh, people do I, th- I see like hints of it in epic rap battles and things like that where people will be mimicking things that you've done and it's it's pretty interesting yeah like there's a new kind of movement on parodies on and with video and stuff now online anyway and <clears throat> it's not like i was trying to invent something amazing but i do I think i just might have been one of the first people that happened to do it online yeah and there's like literal trailers and you know different then there's like honest trailers, you know, yeah, right. and stuff, but it's all kind of in that same vein. But, um, we just kind of stumbled upon that and had no idea that it was going to resonate so much. And then it really did. And then, it, and to me, you know, growing up, Weird Al was like the king of parodies and he still is. Uh, he's the best. I always grew up loving him. And so my goal was like, if I could just do justice to doing parodies as well as Weird Al has always done, um, and then a lot of the articles, because, you know, it, the video blew up. I did a few more of them. They got a lot of coverage and even, like, ABC News and stuff. Like, they were doing these bits on the literal videos. And they were, it was, like, the new the new king of parodies or, like, the new Dustin McLean reinvents the parody. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is insane. And then years later, I got a chance to work with Rudal. And he knew of the, liter- the literal videos and said, oh, yeah, I love those. Those are big 
I'm a big fan, and that like just blew my mind absolutely wow. because like oh my gosh, he actually saw these in. So we, did you work on uh, Super News with Weird Al? Was yeah, there's a show on Current TV, um, and that's a, that I worked on that Super was News, part of Al Gore's uh, mm-hmm. production, right? That's the one. It, it now was bought by Al Jazeera America, but hmm. um, at the time it was it's it's like just Al Gore, Al Gore. Yeah, it was just before YouTube came out, and it was a really cool concept um, to do the channel that way. It was kind of like encouraging people to submit stuff, and it was like giving the voice back to the people. Democratizing television is a whole cool thing. But then YouTube came out and kind of like stole the thunder. Yeah. Um, but we had a show on there for four years, animated show. But we um, did a music video for Weird Al on his last album, and I got to um, direct along with the team of animators. That um, was you. It was ringtone that we did. Wow. Yeah, yeah that was no, I remember seeing that because it was the style of Super News. And I was yeah, like, yeah. This looks familiar. So that was you. See, like, yeah. now, double Now you fan. know something else. And then in exchange for doing that, we asked if he would appear in a live action special to help pr- the, with the world premiere of the video. Wow. So I got to like play myself in it. We kind of all played ourselves and shot this live action thing and um, to premiere. And so that was just like amazing. And Weird Al is one of the nicest Oh guys. my gosh. Yeah, completely like, so nice. You just recently worked with him too, Yeah, right? I worked with him for the Impression guys and uh, it was a week before his album came out and he, you know, he was kind of... He looked kind of like down. His energy was a little low but he, he brought the performance. You know, it was better and better than we could have ever hoped for but you know he was very quiet and reserved guy and uh i could sense that he was nervous for the release of his album because Mm -hmm. like you know like it was his last album from his contract and he wanted to go out with a bang and he did he's like number one so it was like working with him i was like so happy to like great to see him go and finally get a number one spot after all these years now he is the king of yeah. the Billboard, which was awesome. Yeah, not only of the parodies, but just of comedy music. This is the first number one comedy album since, I think, the 60s, too, right? It's like, yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Like, since, like, Bob Newhart or George Carlin or someone like yeah. that. Now he's super awesome. I would love to work with him again. He's just, like, the nicest guy. Very, yeah. like, personal, you know, just emails you, and it's just, like, you, you wouldn't think that he's, like, this big person yeah, that yeah. we all, like, grew up, like, worshipping. Yeah, yeah. Uh, super nice. That's the thing. Is like, I'll see pictures of him, like, I just worked with him. He's... But he's like standing in, you know, performing at the Emmys. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, ah, oh, there he goes in the Emmys. I'm like, he sends me a Christmas card. I'm special. He does? <laughs> he doesn't send you a Hanukkah card? <laughs> no. A Maybe it's holidays. Greetings. Oh, okay. But yeah. Happy. Yeah, home. the literal videos um, really kind of, that was what I was sort of known for for a while. But like you said, it's not like it has my face on it. It doesn't yeah. really have my name. And everyone started doing them. A lot of people, there's hundreds of them. Um, just kind of spawned that meme and um it's well, not much i can know what's gonna be popular because you do yeah. it for fun usually the best stuff is when you do it quickly and for yourself You're mm-hmm. like ah, i got an idea that's funny for me i'm gonna do it yeah that's exactly and see what if my was. friends like it yeah it's like a couple hundred views i'll put and it the, on the on thing YouTube. is that's when you connect with people because you're connecting on the most basic level where it's like your friend, you want to make a silly joke and it's funny. Mm-hmm. But when you sit down and you like overthink and, and like strategize, how am I going to make a viral video? Mm-hmm. Like this is no, yeah, that's can't do it. ridiculous. That's why I mean, even with YouTube and now with my, my channel and <clears throat> my older channel that has the, the literal videos on it, which I no longer use. So don't go there. Um, I always try and like, just, okay, not think too hard about it. Just like, if I have an idea, just make it and then move on to the next one. Yeah. And then make the next one, make the next one. You know, they don't all have to be, the most amazing thing ever because I don't necessarily know what's going to hit and what people are going to love. And then I kind of use the reaction to kind of navigate which way I should go with it. But it's like, don't be afraid to just 
try something like the litter of videos or who yeah. knows what or like homemade movies even that was just something i did to my channel and I've, then you I've just never know guys where they will sit down and be like um man we need you for this project are you interested in, in doing this and that i'm like yeah sure that'd be fun because i'm really down just to play i love mm-hmm. just doing projects and that sort of thing and he's like well like the whole time I was on set, he's like, "Dude, this video is going to be viral. This is going to be so famous. This is going to get you on all the TV programs, man. You're going to be so famous after this video." I'm like, "Dude, just quiet down and let's just play. Just do let's it. have fun. <laughs> yeah. Like, like just having that in your head is is the means for uh, disaster. Mm, yeah, you know, totally. When your when your goal is to be the king of the mountain, you're just going to be digging a mine and finding a bunch of explosives. Very well said. Oh, yeah. So, okay. now, Dustin McLean. That's yes. a Scottish name or Irish? Uh, Mc, the or debate is, it is that it's an uh, Irish name. It's an Irish name. Oh, actually, wait. Yes. No. Someone told me. Somebody from... Your family's going to get angry. Someone was like, <laughs> no, it's a Scottish name, but my grandfather was yeah. Irish. Yeah. I, I'm, I get confused. I think... I it, can't keep up. If it's M-A-C, it's... Yeah, I think it's, it's actually it's, a Scottish yeah. name, but my grandpa was Irish. Somebody, one of my aunts on Facebook can chime in in the comments and yeah. tell me because I don't know. <laughs> um, but you, you, are you originally from California? Where are you from? Yeah, Southern California, yeah, kind of all around. Cool. So then you grew up with the whole California vibe. Were you a Disney guy going down to Disneyland or yeah. what, what would you do growing up? Oh, make videos, actually. Yeah? Which would be totally cheesy, so but yeah, that was like, like my favorite thing to do. It's the VHS. high eight? Camcorder. Um, it was just after, like, I never did film. Like, film, yeah, that would be yeah. awesome. Like, these guys, like, I used to have a Super 8 camera. Like, I'm not that old. High eight, I think it was the... V- high eight, yeah. But it was before that. It was just yeah. VHS. Okay. So Full like on big, big shoulder <laughs> VHS. My uncle had a VHS camera. Yeah. And I was like, I don't know, eight years old. And I'd always get my sisters and my cousins to star in little videos and music videos and little short films and stuff and so was music was always something thing. that you you did because you are you are yeah. proficient with music did you study it no um just always been those are kind of my two passions this is just music filmmaking um i i mean back when i was like 18 19 i recorded two full albums of original music really? i played every instrument was it possible to hear that Oh, and we're going to hit one of those tracks right now on Here the next show. Here's um, Without Your Hat by Dustin McNeil. <laughs> uh, yep, they are somewhere. But uh, I just had a four-track tape recorder, and uh, I would just record. And I figured out how to like hook it up to a mini-disc player so then I could get I could double Mini it back, discs. get oh eight God. tracks. Yeah, just all analog, just playing with my one microphone, my, drums, bass, guitar, my piano. My older brother, he was really into mini-discs, and we had the... Um, the input into the TV so he could actually like hook up and get the clear sound directly from the television so he would sample yeah like he would take tracks and then he would he could he could edit on the mp3 on the mini disc player yeah and he would do little beatbox stuff and yep. uh, that was really annoying yeah so I, I've always tried to incorporate music into the videos yeah yeah because you know? for your homemade videos one of the uh, awesome things that sometimes people don't catch but that's always the best compliment is like when you don't notice it, then it's done well. Is y- your music or background sound effects are all usually from your mouth? Yeah, I sing everything a cappella, all the music, oh. and just, and multiple tracks too. You know, and it's funny about that is that it's you're hired. Actually, just for the record, I don't make the show anymore, so we're talking about this after the fact. No, no, no but but, okay. but it should be known that yeah. you created this and you you have a well established yeah, yeah. Um, So the the music, yeah, it's. 
one of those things when you're watching the show and there's so much to look at visually and like, oh my gosh, the toys and the cardboard and the costumes and the funny acting and the wigs. But, and then the sound just has to be there. You can't not have the music. But that's a full production yeah. <laughs> that I would do like Sunday night before we delivered it. And I have to do it every single episode. Um, and some of these are big scores, a big John Williams you know, score for Superman or Star Trek. I mean, they just like layers and layers and layers. And I would record it all acapella. And then a whole sound effects track to just doing everything with my voice. And that just became kind of the style, and so I just always did that every single episode. We did over 50 episodes. Wow. Yeah. No, you, you guys did quite a few. And um, could we talk a little bit about the process of, of that thing? Because yeah. you, you usually would select a movie trailer and um, a notable one or something that was coming out in the summer or whatever, and then you would you'd break it down shot per shot, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and, so it started uh, with trailers, like you said, and then we thought about doing scenes too um just picking a really solid scene iconic or something with a lot of cool like opportunities for funny action or special effects um but everything that we shot was entirely in camera that was part of it too not only was everything handmade and we used duct tape and cardboard and silly wigs and stuff we never did any visual effects whatsoever everything so no was green screen, in camera no screen. exactly even a little Whatever it was, a little fire, a little explosion. Whoever does that, that's, that's not all, man. <laughs> well, it's, uh, you know, different style. And even on my channel, like the video I just released, that fly swatter video, which is purely just something I did for fun. Yeah. It's, you know, I'm using visual effects. Yeah, I try yeah. to do stuff practically, but use the computer as a tool to composite stuff or whatever, or add explosions that are silly or whatever. But homemade movies, it was all like, okay, let's just do this all on camera. That was part of the challenge every time. So, yeah, we'd look at it shot for shot, break it out. Um, just figure out how many shots are in it, what we need for each shot. This one's going to be life-size with real people. Then it's going to cut to this one. It's going to be a group of G.I. Joes. Then it's going to cut back to this one, and we'll do a little thing with a lighter and make an explosion, whatever it was, and just go through. And and trailers, by the way, have like 60, 80 shots sometimes. Yeah, and some of them are... are, And they're half a second long. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Some of them are just a couple frames. Yeah, so you set up the whole entire thing. It's a whole cardboard city of cardboard boxes that look like a city, or it's who knows what it is, but every single shot, we set everything up manually. Well, I I was so surprised because you invited me on, uh, um, and I was watching the process of how you did it and like so much work going into it and I was there just for one of the days yeah. and sometimes you'd work an entire week shooting oh, yeah. and then you'd edit and break it down and it's just a lot of work and um, I th- what we'd talk about a little bit on set but I think we could talk about here is that um, there are things that you learn when you mimic other films because that that Mm -hmm. is film school you you know you watch a bunch of films and then you go off and in your head you have these images that you're watching and and then you compile the best ideas that you've gathered from studying film and you okay put it together and you have your own style or or movie but there's homages to things and that sort of thing but when you're making homemade movies you're you're copying shot per shot Mm -hmm. what did you learn from doing that because a lot of the shots are are great you know, cinemata- cinemagraphic, cinemagraphic. Okay, I'm making up words. Yeah, now. yeah. It's they're great pieces. You know, they're, they're composed, mm-hmm. and they're you know people spend hours doing that. But then you've got to mimic it that way. How do you break it down quickly enough so that you can you know get what you need and move on? Yeah, um, and we I only ever used one lens too. Like you know, cam you know, films they're switching lenses and. F- 
film formats and all stuff, and we're just replicating that. And I just I shoot with like a 7D and one lens and try and get all those shots. But I've always had an eye for shots and um, the visual component. That's one of the things I love the most about directing is just visually telling the story. So um, that part was pretty easy for me, just kind of like, oh, this is what the shot looks like. Here's how we shoot it. Shoot it. But um, one thing I did learn a lot about was just lighting, because that's something... See, I didn't go to film school. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's just been something I've always been drawn to and just always done since I was little, making these videos, um, and just learned over the years by doing it. But lighting was something that always kind of just baffled me. Um, but copying shots and just... You look at the shot and go, okay, well, the instructions are right there for you. Okay, there's a light probably behind his head facing this way, and there's one over here. So we're just mimicking it. But now I have that. It's like film school. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, now I know. Like if I'm shooting the original piece and I go, I know what I want it to look like. I've got that frame in my mind and now I just know how to set up the lights. Because in art school, we would, you know, you'd mimic a, a famous painting. You right. would copy it and put mm-hmm. it down and then you'd compare and you'd you'd see the what the masters did and you do that same thing. So it's the same way mm-hmm. and you yeah, le- exactly. learn by doing. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a great film technique. So I'm, I'm ho- hopefully... You learned something from this project. Oh, yeah. I hope I did. It was, yeah. It was because, like the best film school. Just yeah, because doing like that. your homemade videos, you, you would actually do a comparison video where you show uh, the original and your your homemade version. And sometimes it's almost seamless. You know, it's like the actor looks a little different, but like the shot and the lighting, like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Sometimes it, you it, and just it, saved I'm, half a billion dollars. Exactly. I'm the one making it. And we know like, oh, this is crappy or it's just the floor in my living room or whatever. But then when I put the side by side together which is like the last step yeah i'll look at it and be like oh my gosh I, some shots you just can't even tell which is which it looks yeah, really yeah. really good i'm like hmm this is a little light and a little smoke machine and that's all you need yeah. to make great looking stuff and now we're at the age where you know digital technology is capable of anything the only thing that's difficult is it's time consuming mm-hmm. it's like in order to create an, an effect fast enough you'll have to have more people working on it or whatever but, um, like, I'm working on a little sci-fi show, and I didn't want to do any special effects or that sort of thing. But I was looking into After Effects, which is a, uh, a graphics program, and uh, just looking at some tutorials. And I was like, oh, my God, I could do that. That's easy. I can make a UFO pop in. I could make a <laughs> yeah. robot eye on this guy. I can, you know, have wings pop up from a little devil cat or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I could make a show with visual effects. You know, and uh, but even just a couple months ago, I was timid. I was like, I don't even want to do that because it's impossible mm-hmm. and it's yeah, I can't be done. Yeah, but I've got the software and I've got the you know the I've got the brains um, to try. You it. got the will. I got the will to teach yourself. That's exactly what I started doing on my channel and just before Homie Movies, and then now with my new one that came out. Um, I'm not like breaking any viral video ground with those, but they're just short action videos. And honestly, it's just to teach myself how to use After Effects. (laughs) Like this Flyswatter one that I just posted, you know, it's like, it's nothing that great about it, but it's funner and cheaper than taking a course in After Effects. Like literally I'm just going, okay, how can I do this? You did a great video, uh, the the Ghostbusters little short you did where you're telling Mm -hmm. me you used only one costume, (laughs) but you changed it on every actor and then you composited it. So you had a scene of like four guys but they're all shot separately. Right, and then that, that's a good way to use the computer and use After Effects as a yeah. tool. It's not just an entirely CG thing, but you can use it to help you get things across. Yeah. So, yeah, we we had one awesome Ghostbusters costume um, with the big proton pack. It lit up and everything, and it took like a month to build that. So I only had the one, and I needed four. So, yeah, like you said, I we shot 
some shots where there's three actors each wearing it individually and then I just composited those shots together. And so no one would ever know that that's there. If you know, it's just a seamless integration of using technology to use the physical costume and the props and get them in the video. So now obviously you're a fan of movies. When you were growing up, what were the what were the top 5 movies that you you grew up on? <sighs> oh man. Um always uh Back to the Future. I was always obsessed with that. Um, used to watch E.T. a lot, Neverending Story, um, Bill and Ted when I was a teenager. That was pretty big. You know, a lot of filmmakers really cite Bill and Ted yeah, as a, of course. a heavy yeah, influence. Yeah, yeah. No, um, absolutely. Oh, gosh, yeah. Stuff like that. A lot of the, that era of Steven Spielberg stuff. Um, I think I was 14 when, like, Jurassic Park came out. That was huge. Saw it in the theater a couple times. Um yeah, I was always a fan of the behind-the-scenes process. And that was yeah. something that, like, a lot of... It's that weird looking back that too, yeah, as a how does a over. little kid kind of comprehend that? I didn't really know what a director was. Yeah. I didn't really know, like, what went into making a movie. But I somehow, watching, I understood the magic have, behind it. James Earl Jones would come on and he'd be like, Coming up next, watch how the Jurassic Park process is made. Yeah, I remember that and documentary. That yeah, was on like, tape. yeah I, was it on the VHS or before the movie came out? I remember seeing it like on yeah. uh, CBS or something or CNN. Like, and he's like, Now Steven Spielberg shows us <laughs> behind the scenes of his new latest film, Jurassic Park. Yeah. And then it'd be like, Whoa, what are these big clay? Yeah, people are making things and like, building giant robots and making sculptures and it's very physical through the magic of a thing called a computer <laughs> <laughs> these dinosaurs are brought to life <laughs> yeah yeah i've always uh i i look back at some of my um homework <clears throat> homework and stuff from when i was little and it's like what do you want to be when you grow up and i would always just put actor yeah but it but i know when i look back at that i really wanted to be director i yeah, just didn't yeah. know what a director was exactly because yeah. you, you kind of think like the actors are the one kind of driving right, the right, scene. right making the movie yeah, yeah exactly yeah. it's like i didn't ever really want to be an actor yeah. i just wanted to make movies yeah <laughs> so yeah that's what it that's what it was i wanted to be an actor yeah but it's it's amazing now because a lot of those films from the 80s really did spawn a huge surplus of talent like people because they they grew up watching these and these were it was the era of the blockbuster you know star wars all the way through the 80s where all these guys grew up just mind blown and then they said i want to do that too and now films are that generation of guys who have reached the level of uh their career that they're able to tap into making movies that they wanted to as a kid but now they have the budget for it and that sort of thing mm -hmm. but um are there movies out there that you um, that you're really excited about seeing? Because everybody's rebooting stuff now. Like Mad Max is coming out. Like I never even mm -hmm. watched Mad Max. But I'm like, why are they remaking a movie from like the '70s? Right? Yeah. With you know, just like I mean, I like the reboots, and I'll, I'm always interested to see them. Um, obviously, they could never reboot 2001. Yeah, I mean, you could, but you'd have to call it something <laughs> different. But also, like going back to Back to the Future, imagine. That movie's old enough. That could easily have been rebooted. Oh, but yeah. you wouldn't dream you, of doing oh, that. Oh, no, no. I mean, that the backlash people, would be... People <laughs> would like... Yeah, no one would go see it. Like, you could only extend it. You could make yeah, another exactly. Like, with, like Ghostbusters, too. Exactly, it's like you wouldn't right. reboot that. You would just hopefully try to continue it. Yeah. Um, but there are certain films like that that you just can't touch. But at the same time, somebody out there probably Do wants to. Do you think... 
Do you think something's been lost? Because I've noticed it in films, especially like reboots. Like, of course, Indiana Jones 4 came out mm-hmm. and it was terrible, but some people disagree. Anyway. Um, there are fun things yeah, about yeah, it. No, it's fun. <laughs> but, like, you see film and it's totally lost something that originally wasn't there. Like, Roger Corman was famous for making movies for a million dollars, but he was offered more money to make movies to increase mm-hmm. his production, but he always capped it. So that he limited himself and always found a creative way of making his movie. Right. Now, he's not known as the best director in the world, <laughs> yeah. but I like that philosophy right. where it's like, you limit yourself, then you're forced to create something. Oh, yeah. The, the, the most creative um, solutions usually come out of the limits that you have. I always, like with homing movies, it was fun having that limit because it forced you to be yeah. creative. And with big budget movies, too. But you know who does that really well? Hmm. Is Christopher Nolan, which yeah. of course everyone knows, like oh, The Dark Knight. Um, but he's someone who now he's given like the reins to the kingdom and the keys, you know, to do whatever he wants and the biggest budget possible. But he limits himself and says, "I want to do that effect physically." Uh, obviously, there's tons of CG in the, those movies too. But he's picking and choosing where do I use the CG? Yeah. How do I use it? And if he goes, "I want to flip that truck down the middle of the street, make it happen," or "I want two thousand extras to play cops." make it happen and you would never do that you just do that cg so i think it is getting lost but there's it takes directors like that to go no this is how we're going to do it because he appreciates the fact that the audience is going to respond to something that is physical even if it's mixed with cg um here and there or to put it together or some stuff is full-blown cg but there's enough stuff that's not cg because i think we've gotten jaded as audiences we can see anything now yeah you see some of these stupid you know all effects movies like clash of the titans or something that i just like doesn't interest me at all it's just like all cgi but if i go see christopher nolan film i know whatever even if i can't tell what cg and what isn't which is already a feat in itself kind of for me but i know i'm gonna appreciate the effort that he took to make stuff as physical as possible yeah and that's all i need to know the documentary where they're debating uh film versus digital and uh, like Christopher Nolan, they interviewed him, and he said, "I am never doing digital. I'm always going to be on film." Mm-hmm. You know, and um, people, are like, oh, that's crazy, man! You save a bunch of money, you can do things faster. But yeah, there is that integrity where you can you by limiting yourself, you become creative, and you can you, you know you find ways to do something, and then. Y- you know, that, like in paintings and that sort of thing, people will use a certain palette mm-hmm. to create an image. And people are like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That looks just like a photograph, which is the worst thing to say to a painter. <laughs> yeah. um, unless you're Chuck Close, which is okay. Um, but, you know, to, if you limit your style then it, or you limit your, your, your options, then you have a style. You know, and mm-hmm. that's, that's something that's cool. And w- that's what I love about homemade movies was you actually developed a style. Where you know you you'd use cardboard cutouts and that sort of thing, and you uh, you'd have some guys help you out like uh, Benjamin Martin, right? Mm-hmm. And he would help out with uh, creating props and that sort of thing. And that was always a fun process to see you guys. I'd come in uh, to film for the day, and you guys like on the floor, hot <laughs> gluing things together, sticking things, and yeah. um, and then like me sitting down, like what the hell is he making? But when you put it on camera. And you, you know, put that thing yeah. slightly out of focus. Like, oh my gosh, it looks like he's holding a bazooka. And it's just like a yeah. cardboard or whatever. So it's, uh, it's and that's an amazing thing to see. <clears throat> about some of those props, too. And like speaking of that is since we were just doing shot for shot stuff, it wasn't like we just need to make this prop that's multipurpose and we're going to be shooting all day with it. 
sometimes we'd make something for one shot and yeah. so you don't have to make side of it or if we're yeah, making yeah, a little yeah. miniature of a car we just do like a three quarters angle and it only has two sides but that <laughs> teaches you the the illusion of filmmaking mm-hmm. because on camera in that one shot it looks like what it needs to yeah but when you see it in real life it's like what the heck is this like i love going on film sets and then or like tv sets and you you'd see that it, when a room is just you know two planks of wood and they stick a bunch of you know apartment furniture in there like i go to the youtube space all the time and you have the option you can go and you can film in one of their stages and they'll set up a whole apartment scene and if you cover the the top half of your head so you don't see the roof of wherever you're walking mm-hmm. into it looks like you're walking into a normal space mm-hmm. but it's uh it's an amazing thing to see the illusion behind films you know mm-hmm. And uh, it's like you really you only need to create what is seen on camera, so mm-hmm. you don't need to over yeah. Make and that anything. that all is part of planning ahead yeah. too, which is so important too. You know, like knowing this is all we need, this is exactly what we need. Sometimes you might need the prop for the whole day, so then you just build it all the way or whatever. It's like okay, we're gonna be using it or a costume. Yeah. Like okay, this is the costume this character has to make. We're make it nice and solid. But then other times it's like, well, that's only in one shot. So it's literally just some stuff clipped to somebody on their one side of their body, and that's it. Yeah. But that's, you know, ahead of time, oh, we only need that for one shot, or oh, we need that for the whole day, or whatever. But you got to make those decisions ahead of time to save yourself the trouble of over making stuff, making too much stuff. Yeah. Now, um, on top of mimicking a trailer, you also would mimic sequences, and like, uh, like mm-hmm. you did the Jaws scene where the shark comes up. Mm-hmm. Um, is there are there any techniques that you learn from mimicking editing? Mm, it's interesting. Probably, I'm probably just or absorbing it. Just like, it. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's not really subconscious. I mean, it's not really. I learned a lot about trailer way. editing. Yeah, yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> oh, you you did. So, w- yeah. what have you noticed? Because the from scenes that? are the scenes, and like you again, like copying the masters, like you yeah. would with paintings in art school. It's like if I'm editing, like you know, Steven Spielberg movie. It's I paid attention to like what are these cuts? Why did he make these cuts? So that's all what goes into directing is making those choices. Um, but those are a little bit more straightforward. Uh, but the trailers, it's pretty funny seeing like you see trailers all the time. I've always been a fan of trailers because I've way. noticed it's like you know it's fast slow cuts. start. Oh and yeah, then, yeah. Then it's fast, 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 fast climax, title card, and then there's a joke mm-hmm. at the end. When yeah. it's usually there's like a couple a different formulas thing. that I would notice yeah. would occur a lot. Um, but yeah, but one thing that you don't think about a lot is like just the solid black frame. Yeah. Just always. It's just always there. It's like, just a here's a shot, solid black. black. Here's a shot, solid black fades to the next thing. Yeah. Or like dissolving into the black frame or dissolving out of it and flashing, flashing, flashing. So are you effects. confident enough now to make trailers for your own projects? Do you think you could create like a stunning oh, totally. piece of work? <clears throat> yeah, I used to do that before. I mean, long before Herman movies, I'd do, I didn't actually shoot fake trailers just because yeah. I loved them so much. I would just invent a fake storyline to a fake I, I've always wanted to do because I'm like yeah I've done a few of those it'd be great to make a movie but I don't I could never make that movie but if I made a short trailer yeah. then there and what's so go. funny about trailers is you can set stuff up and yeah. you never have and to you, pay it yeah, off you never, exactly that's what like this one I did with a buddy of mine it's on my old channel but it was called meter it's about like the the parking meter is about to expire and you have yeah. to run back it's like stupid like that's the premise of a Hollywood yeah. movie what would they do if it, if it was like an action star but you can imply all these huge things like who is that? That was the bad guy. He and just turned his head alien ominously. Out of the... And there's an explosion. Yeah, yeah. And then there's just, and like, what? How does that all fit together? Because those are all little things that are trying to draw you yeah. in. When you're doing a movie. fake trailer, you never have to figure out the answer. You just set it up. Well, <laughs> my my brothers and I, we would, when uh, Apple movie trailers first came out, like it started like getting popular, people just kept 
you know, putting all the new trailers up there, and you could download them, and we would put mm-hmm. them onto QuickTime and study every frame. So before, like a year before the movie would come out, we'd watch a trailer like a hundred times. Yeah, because totally. we were so excited because there's no information on the movie except the mm-hmm. trailer, and so we would see like shots and we'd cr- invent what the movie was going to be based on the trailer and it was always different I remember we saw the trailer for The Incredibles the Pixar movie and we're like oh I know what's going to happen he's the son of this guy and he's mm-hmm. going to do this and we saw the movie and it was completely different and it blew our minds but that's what happened with well most of the trailers that we did by the way that's exactly what happens I have to see the movie like a second time yeah. to be able to just kind of enjoy it because if we did the trailer yeah. I just spent weeks analyzing every frame yeah. and I think I know but yeah, like yeah. The, one of the biggest ones was um, the Iron Man yeah it was the Iron Man 3 right mm-hmm. uh, that was our first episode our first official homemade movies episode on Cinefix was um, Cinefix is the YouTube channel mm, yeah because I started it on my channel then we ended up doing it full time for them so the first big episode right out of the gate um, was Iron Man and we had overanalyzed you know like who's a bad guy and then like a hand punches through a wall and we just think we know like okay this guy stole the Iron Man suit and yeah, then he's yeah. going around terrorizing people. And then this one, and like we really were confident and like we thought we knew. And but they also, do that on purpose. You know, they're, yeah, they're kind of faking you out with storylines. So the first time I saw it in the theater, I was like lost. I'm like, this isn't anything what I thought was happening. And I had to see the whole second time to like really absorb it. Yeah. Well, some, well what I was going to say was um, um, we'd analyze the trailer so much mm-hmm. that, yeah, we would create the storylines in our head, but we'd also see things. Like there'd be a you know a dragon or something, and then you watch the movie and that dragon wasn't there. Mm-hmm. But I'd be conscious watching the movie. I'm like, there's gonna be a dragon. Yeah. Well, I know there's gonna be a dragon. That one shot where he goes yeah. over the tower well, and he's not there. I'm like, oh my god, that's they full cut on that cheating scene now. Well, Godzilla was a really big one. Yeah. Because we did the Godzilla trailer a couple months ago, and watching the movie, shots were full on different. Yeah. Totally different. And I'm just like, okay, that's they're but just that's making a different movie. That's how it used movie. to be. If you look at old trailers from the 40s, they would literally have, like, you know, um, Cary Grant walking on the scene, and he'd be like, Hello, ladies and gentlemen, I'm here on the latest film for Mr. Hitchcock, and uh, he's doing a movie about North by Northwest, and here we go, here's a train, and they show, like, all these shots and stuff uh-huh. that are, aren't in the movie at all, because they can't, they're literally making the trailer before the movie's even yeah. edited, so all they can work with is whatever's on set or whatever yeah. clips they can make on B-roll. Well, a lot of times they don't know which take and which shot's going right. to make it in the movie. Like, I get that, but sometimes these trailers I've yes, found, I mean, it's like, it's the same shot, but, like, that character's totally missing. But sometimes or, I think that would be much more fun, because then it leaves the it, trailer yeah. is like a short film of something that's coming, and we have not seen any imagery Mm-hmm. It, you know, it's all based on whatever's happening now, you know? That's like the te- most of the teaser trailers are like that. Yeah, they yeah. don't really give you a lot of information. It's just a teaser. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes they shoot footage special for that. This summer. Do you remember the old the teaser for Back to the Future? Um, yeah, where it was like um, flames and then like Michael J. Fox jumps into the he's just DeLorean. He's in the DeLorean, yeah. Oh, yeah, like yeah, no, a babe like walks revving. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like kind of shows close-ups of the shots. console, yeah, yeah. and it's like, what is this? And he just like puts on the glasses or something. Yeah, then she goes, yeah. she will, like, this babe walks up, and she goes, so, how far are you going? And then he goes, he, like, shade tips, looks over the top of his shades, and he goes, oh, about 30 years. Oh <laughs> and then it's like, and like, power of love kicks in, and it's like, what is this? You know they don't. They're not going like this is a movie about time travel and Marty McFly, which there's probably a trailer like yeah, that later. But the teaser, it's like 
whoa, whoa. you can just shoot this little whoa, like short man. film so i'm into that always wanted to do that one but we end up doing a scene from back to the future instead yeah yeah that's also the thing that's like troublesome is like you become a fan of something and it really uh you know resonates with you and that it might not even be known by other people. So when you share it, it's like, what, what, what is this? What are you, what are you talking about? I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't understand. Where's the pop thing that everybody knows so well? Like, no, 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 that's cool. But did you see this original thing? Like, I would do that uh, with, uh, like, you know, Vincent Price and stuff. And like, Vincent who? Who's that guy? Huh? Mm-hmm. Who's, who, who is he? Vincent Price. You know him? No, we're not. We were not born in the 30s. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm like, neither was I. But there's Turner Classic Movies. You can watch that. Yeah. So let me tell you what my new idea yeah, is. Tell me. Right because now. we're talking about all the homemade, you know, and that sort of style and the aesthetic of doing action figures and cardboard and whatever. But what I'm really looking forward to starting up um, on, this is going to be on my channel for the foreseeable future, um, because maybe I can start just making some money doing some stuff on my channel, hopefully, if I get enough views. So everybody go subscribe to my channel, Dust Films Originals. Dust Because Films I need your help. Originals. Because I want to just make some fun stuff, but I... It doesn't really pay the bills to just do it right now. So if it gets views, it will. But I want to take a lot of those ideas and the way we used to shoot some stuff where it can cut to a live actor and then immediately cut to action figures or big silly explosion in a cardboard city, but applying it to original sketches um, because I think that would be amazing. I've never seen something like that on YouTube where or some of these car chases that we used to do where it's like, here's the driver and it's a real person in a car, but then you cut to the Hot Wheels screeching on the corner. So uh, I've got a bunch of stuff kind of like in mind of like, how can I harness that? Yeah. And it's still, so it's there. And there might be some visual effects in there. I could add explosions or the muzzle flashes on the guns or whatever, but it still goes back to more of the old school movie making, which is like, it's still physical effects. It's not completely computer generated. I might use compositing or using the green screen to, plant an actor into this scene but the scene that i'm putting him in is like a whole awesome cardboard city street that i made you know what's awesome about that is that it really influences the younger kids because they see that and it's not something that they'll worship like oh my god i want to go see that movie blah 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 it's like i can do that Mm -hmm. he used toilet paper and toilet rolls i I should be able to do that, too. Yeah. Oh, that's something I always loved about homemade movies and why... Sam, I... if they put those toilet papers down, <laughs> Mama's got to use that. I, I'm making a movie. I don't care. I got to wipe my it's rear. It's a movie. I'm making a movie. I got to wipe my rear. <laughs> but I, lo- I always do the full behind the scenes on these because I want to encur- encourage these kids because I've got, like, these tons of this legion of like little 12 year old 11 year old boys that like follow me on facebook and stuff oh, i thought you always said, like a follow you around mr mclean oh yeah mr. McLean, pretty much can we come inside <laughs> but um i'm always i always answer their questions because that's what i love about it is it's not like this far off thing like oh i can't do that yeah it's like dude if, especially now like you've got a camera in your pocket probably it's your iphone you yeah. can shoot whatever you want i didn't have that when i was your age dude like go make some stuff use the toilet paper roll use whatever it is you know just Find stuff around the house and make it. This summer, the toilet paper roll you've always wanted to see is rolling into a theater near you. <laughs> Holy shit! That's it. Let's make it. Yeah, we'll, we'll do it. And, um, I mean, I've only got a budget of about 35 cents. That's all you That's need. That's all you need. And then they don't tell you about craft services. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to making some stuff like that. Well, I mean, doing the shot for shot stuff is amazing. I love... I love doing that, but I want to say, okay, how can I expand that? How can yeah. I do some original stuff? I want to, I just want to see like some characters go on a car chase, 
but then when they hop into cars, it cuts to the, the yeah, shots yeah. of the Hot Wheels. Like, that's amazing. But, yeah, and what's cool is like you do it so well that it looks good, and there's like it. it um, you know, people use their imagination, and if it's done well enough, like people don't question it; they find it entertaining. Like, oh my god, he's in yeah. a Hot Wheel, but it's shot in a way, and there's sound effects and that sort of thing. And like seventy for seventy percent of movies are sound. Yeah. You know, like you add the sound effects, and like people don't care what's on the screen because yeah, they totally. they use their imagination to fill in the blanks. Yeah, I did this little car chase. Um, it's called Cars versus Helicopter because we had those little RC cars, and then a couple years later, those little helicopters came out. They're yeah. much better now, but we were using the kind that like you just could not control whatsoever. Yeah. Is like ridiculous. But we shot a whole action video, um, and the sound design is really what tied it together. I mean, I was coming up with cool-looking shots and stuff. Like, how would Michael Bay do this? Was what I kept yeah. telling myself. Lens flare. And, um, yeah, just, like, cool slow-mo and stuff. But, like, I did a full sound design pass. Not with my mouth, like, homie movies. Like, full-on, like, I got packs of, like, car sound effects and screeching tires and stuff. And when you add that layer, it's like, whoa, it feels big. So that's what I want. Part of what I'm looking forward to with some of these newer ones is, like, I'm not going to be doing the, like, sound, like, the homemade voice sound effects. I'll yeah. do, like, legit sound effects, some legit visual effects if I need to but it won't feel like it's just this artificial thing it'll be very tangible very homemade handmade props like they would do in the 80s you know it's like we gotta physically make this miniature set and then composite the people onto it or whatever um, instead of just like well we'll just create it entirely in the computer yeah which works sometimes and it's fine but in a it lot of adds movies, that but sort of realness that people can yeah. relate real to. lights real yeah. atmosphere like, so. I think I use the same toilet paper <laughs> Well, Dustin, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Now, how can people get in touch with you? We've got dustfilms.com. Yeah, you can just go straight to my website or um, just go to my channel. It's Dust Films Originals. That's on um, YouTube. So, And you're on Twitter, at Dust Films. Yeah, so Facebook. Uh, also, there's a page, facebook.com slash Dust Films. So you're all over the place. Yeah, I think I'm going to start posting some behind-the-scenes clips on Vine, too. I decided I'm finally going to take that leap. That's another thing that we could talk about for four hours, Vine, where it's basically six seconds. Yeah. You have six seconds to tell an entertaining yeah. something. And I decided, I was like, well, instead of doing that, why don't I at least just shoot some stuff with my phone, like do some little less, I started doing the little dust film here's updates. a teaser of a teaser I'm like here here's the thing because sometimes we have people in crazy costumes yeah, with yeah. us so I'm like oh I'll just shoot a little thing but then even then like well then I'll put a little titles on it then I'll put a little music on it so I started doing the dust films updates on my channel but it's like because it's not limited so I decided okay you know what maybe there's something to this it's six seconds that's it I shoot it and I upload it, and it's out there. So I think I'm going to start doing that just for behind-the-scenes clips, and here's what's going on with Dust Films. Well, I'm excited because uh, you're definitely growing, and the social media movement is is only getting stronger with new technologies and new ways of presenting things. And uh, you definitely has I mean, you definitely you definitely has a good style. Uh, thanks. Okay. Definitely have a good style. Thank you very much. And, um, you know, after doing all the movies that I was originally doing when I did Grizzly Man, I thought that, you know, Dustin McLean would be a good subject for my next documentary to see what was behind the psychology of a tortured soul dealing with toilet rolls on a constant basis. So please look out for that film. It's called Cleaning Up the Dust. With <laughs> Okay. <laughs> it's enough. I want to see this. Yeah, it, it sounds like a good film. And I'm going to get you... 
in some of these videos. Oh, you're, I, you're like hey, my man. golden ticket. Hey, I, I am your golden yeah. ticket. Well, uh, guys, please stay in touch with Dustin McLean. He's an awesome, talented guy. And once again, thank you for joining me on the uh, Next Nut Show. Thanks for having me. Stay in touch with the show. Head on over to themixednut.com.